right, everybody, welcome to the Musical Splaining Podcast. I am your host and sixth wordle line cavitarian. That's topical. <laughs> and I'm just guest penis every single time and see what goes <laughs> from there. Has it worked yet? I haven't uh, been playing it as long. Has that ever been the word? It's never been the word as far as I know. The day that uh-huh. I don't play it will be the day that penis is the, the wordle day. of The wordle I, word of the day. It just got sold. Now I know. Not gonna, it's not going to be a penis thing anymore. There's no chances of that happening. I know. The New York Times is going to take all the fun out of a five-letter guessing game. Lame. Uh, anyway, today, I don't know if I was going to say speaking of penises, because that's a really weird transition. Uh, uh, I have no idea. Actually, it could be. Uh, uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, uh, <laughs> all I'm going to say is actually, now that I think about it, hmm. Okay, great. All yeah. right, we're here to talk about Into the Woods today. Woo! Penises. Uh, this is something you've been very excited to discuss. Y- yes. You're you're practically like levitating off your chair right now. This yeah. is your first uh what do they call them? They call them like heavy hitters about like serial killers on all the serial killer podcasts. This yeah. is like another heavy hitter musical for for you specifically. And I right. imagine the world at large. Yes. I know like a lot of people in general have been really wanting not just Sondheim, but into the woods. And I think mm-hmm. um just, just based off the reaction we've had to the Joseph episode, Into the Woods kinda hits a lot of the same um, emotional uh, touchstones that a lot of people have expressed online, like that they've done a performance of it, that it's been one of their favorite shows since they were a kid, that like mm-hmm. it has a very special place in their heart that has carried over to adulthood, um, which it's actually very funny for me because I did not experience Into the Woods as a child, really. I I, I think I talked about it on the Sweeney Todd episode, but like Sweeney Todd mm-hmm. was my first real introduction into like Stephen Sondheim. Like I love West Side Story. As but, was like, mine, right? Yeah. Right. And like that was my, um, that was when I was 17. Like that was, I bought that cast album, was blown away by it, had never heard anything like it. And then immediately started to get into the rest of his works. And as I was mm-hmm. like perusing subject matter about what they were about, Into the Woods was like, I had heard of it before and I knew it was about fairy tales and I was, you know, 17. Uh, I assumed it was about hiking or something. <laughs> it's like um, a John Krakauer novel where somebody has to like saw their arm <laughs> off by the end of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be me by the end of this podcast. Hopefully not. Just but we'll sawing see. your arm off. Or yeah. That. I mean, that seems like Sondheim based on the one musical of his that I've properly seen, right? Actually, you know, <laughs> I feel I feel like I'm going to be saying it a lot today. Come to think of it. Come to think of it. There's, There's a actually, lot of violence in this. That's, yeah. That tracks. <laughs> I'm like, this actually kind of tracks with where we're going with this. For for a show that is about fairy tales, um, it, it has a lot of what I guess we'll say um, longevity in, in it's a show that grows with you. Uh, I'll, okay. I'll say that. Um, but I, I had heard it. I, I listened to it because I knew I was going to this one school for college and their freshman show was going to be or the first semester show was going to be Into the mm-hmm. Woods. And I was like, I want attention. I need to get cast in the show. <laughs> I had already gone through a few other Sondheim shows at that point. But I was like, OK, I yeah. guess I'll listen to Into the Woods. And then I, mm-hmm. I remember watching it for the first time and just being like. Holy shit, you know, and this was at. You know, Galaxy 17, brain. 18. Yeah, yeah. Like the most cynical period of time in my life. And I saw this and was just like, this is this is amazing. Without, with, without giving it away in terms of what it is. But what was it generally that sort of blew your mind about it? I think it is the um, how human the characters are. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's very funny. If you read like Sondheim's annotated lyrics um, for Into the Woods, his notes are like, oh, this is melodrama. Oh, this is cheap melodrama, blah, 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 blah. And I'm, I, 
you know how you're your own hardest critic? Like, that's what it feels like is going on because I look at these moments in the show and go, holy shit, like how... And it's it's not just sometimes James James Lapine who wrote the book for this um, also mm-hmm. had a tremendous tr- tremendous creative input in it and like the, the two of them mm-hmm. just created something that is just like so deeply human for a show that is meant to kind of be an all ages exploration of fairy tales. Um, it, wow. There's just okay. like that kind of um, I, I hate when everyone says like oh all these characters kind of fall in that gray zone like it's become its own kind of like meaningless word at this point like oh there's mm-hmm. so much moral grayness here and. I, I mean, I guess I, for me, it's just like it's not so much that they're all going to turn to the Joker at any given point. It's it's that <laughs> that in, it, even within the confines of, of, of fairy tales, they find, I think, the things that stick with us really well um, and, and build them out into like this very modern like tale. So, yeah. OK, yeah, that's a hell of a pitch. Yeah. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get into the notes then. Yeah. Uh, Into the Woods is a musical with music and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim and a book by James Lapine, who also directed the original Broadway production. The pro shot recording, which we are discussing in particular, was taped in 1989 and features nearly the entire original Broadway cast, including Bernadette Peters. It first aired in 1991 as a part of PBS's American Playhouse anthology series. Uh, Written before properties like Shrek and Once Upon a Time, blessed and or slash cursed us with their presence into the woods is a mashup of some of the world's most well well well-loved fairy tales all of which collide against the backdrop of a mysterious forest into which all of the characters have ventured uh, in hopes of getting their wishes granted um so it almost seems like uh, a joseph campbell thing where he's gone around and grabbed all the heroes and slapped them all into one book and then made a fairy tale out of it yeah it's heart of fairy tale darkness uh (laughs) Um, at the center of this chaos are two original characters of Sondheim and Lapine's creation, the baker and the baker's wife, who are not from Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. No. I <laughs> oh, there's a whole metaverse going on here. Like, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. The baker actually didn't die in Joseph. He just Yeah, got... right. He came back and into the woods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, who are driven into the woods to remove a family curse placed on them by a surly witch who as you may have guessed also her own has also has her own ulterior motives lurking amongst the chaos originally conceived as a follow up to Sondheim and Lapine's prior collaboration the Pulitzer Prize winning Sunday in the Park with George which I still haven't seen but one day soon we, we will watch eventually <laughs> yes yeah. uh, into the woods made its off broadway debut in 1986 at San Diego's Old Globe Theater with some considerable cuts made it officially hit broadway on November 5th 1987 where it ran until September 3rd, 1989, after 765 performances. Jesus. Uh, okay. That's a lot, right? Yeah, that's that's a pretty good run for a show. Yeah. Um, there's there's a little bit more I'll get into after you're, you finished this, this okay, okay. spiel, but yeah. <laughs> we'll keep going, yeah. The yeah. original production was nominated for 10 Tony Awards in 1988, winning only Best Actress uh, in a Musical, Best Score, and Best Book. More on that later. It did, however, manage to pick up the New York Drama Critics Circle Award and the Drama Desk Award for Best Musical that same year. I'm assuming there is drama that it only won those ones because it was up against something else that we have to talk about. Yeah. I hope it's not fucking Phantom. (laughs) Oh, no! Yes. Uh, Phantom shut this show. It never ends. It never ends, man. Phantom shut this show out at the Tony Awards too. Do other people write musicals or is it just fucking Angel and Rapper every year? He's like a, she's just like a little like, you know, like a do-do-do-do-do-do-do factory, just like cranking them out. Even I'm mad about it and I haven't even seen the other, I haven't fucking watched this yet and I'm upset about that way. 
since its debut into the woods has received multiple major productions on Broadway in the West End involving notable performers like Amy Adams, Judy Dench, Imelda Staunton, Vanessa Williams, and so on. Are is is the uh is the witch like the one that everyone switches out? Is that the uh the big role to play? The witch is like one of the big roles that in the baker's wife. Okay. Yeah. Uh, while there were multiple attempts to make a feature film version of Into the Woods throughout the 90s, variously involving everyone from Jim Henson and Robin Williams to Steve Martin and Cher, all of those would have been great, maybe even in the same movie. Yeah. Uh, Walt Disney Studios ultimately produced a star-studded version directed by Rob Marshall, which hit theaters on Christmas Day 2014 and grossed a total of $213 million at the box office. It is perfectly okay. <laughs> uh, according to MTI, the rights holder for the stage show Into the Woods is a noted constant on its yearly list of top 10 shows produced by high schools. MTI also offers an Into the Woods Junior for elementary and middle schools, except it cuts out the entire second act, which, if you've ever seen Into the Woods, is a choice trademark. (laughs) Uh, Okay, MTI is a musical theater something or other. Music Theater International. Yeah, it's it's just just like a large, um, like, holding rights group. So, like, most shows, like, when you, if you license a show to do it, like your high school or your community theater, you're going through like MTI, which holds the rights to a lot of really huge shows. And then there's a couple mm-hmm. of other ones out there, like big ones like Samuel French. And uh, I'm missing like the big third one that's floating in the back of my hand. But like MTI is like the biggest one. Um, okay. I'll say, yeah. And uh, so like you said, like similar to Joseph, people are getting indoctrinated of, <laughs> of into the woods from the young age and yes. even through all their years. And that seems to be like the killer way to do it is you write a musical that is easy to put on and that kids can play and that's how you like get cha-ching. That's how you get the big bucks. Yeah, which is funny because like the way the show was conceived was was kind of like the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like uh, Sondheim and, and James Lapine had worked together on Sunday in the Park with George and had really in- enjoyed the process together as far as I can mm-hmm. tell. Um, and they wanted to work together again. And both of them had this idea that they wanted to pitch actually to Norman Lear and not even really do work on. Whoa. They just thought it was a fun pitch to just have, I think it was James Lapine's idea to have like mm-hmm. characters from like, I love Lucy and all in the family and like, you know, good times. The multiverse. All, yeah. Just a multiverse basically. Like they Fucking thought it would be really funny multiverse, yeah. to pitch that to, to, to Norman Lear. And, but they Into actually the didn't. Into the woods, like, no way home. No, exactly. <laughs> Honestly, that'd be a great, like, not that everything needs a subtitle here, but Into the Woods, No Way Home is actually a very fitting title for that. I'm just going to say, like, I think you've got the show pegged already and there's really no point it. in watching it now. You That's it. Have I've already figured it out. <laughs> you figured out Into the Woods. But like, yeah, like originally, like that was like the idea they had been playing around with. And when they came back to like writing something, they wanted to do mm-hmm. again, like this idea of people meeting like from different, I guess, stories and coming together and. Uh, Sondheim had wanted to do something relating to fairy tales, and that's just the the genesis of Into the Woods. Um, so, is again, we will get to it eventually on some future episode. But uh, Sunday in the Park, it, it, I assume it sounds like it's a little bit more heavy in subject matter, like more serious. Sun- is this sort of like a reaction to that, or, or Sunday is like it's definitely a bit. I think a more un. It's definitely a more sophisticated show. I guess I'll say like mm-hmm. the, some of the concepts that it's. Or some of the um, concepts that it's working with are a little bit more um, high high end than Into the Woods. But again, mm-hmm. like I don't, I feel uncomfortable saying that because with you know you know within the confines of what Into the Woods is, it does some tremendously sophisticated character work. Um, the music's incredible, and like the lyrics are just like 
how do you write these things? Like, there's a couple of lines after we watch it that I'm just going to be like, mm-hmm. we need to sit down and appreciate, like, and unpack these. Where did? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, well, it how- sounds like what you're what you're saying too is like, if if Sondheim and Lapine are ultimately these people who can make stuff that is sophisticated and highbrow. So even if they were, that, what I'm sort of imagining is maybe they wrote something heavy and they're like, we're going to try and write something a little bit more fun and like yeah. fairy tale-y, but mm-hmm. then it inevitably sort of steers back to being sort of bigger and more sophisticated. And, and you know what I mean? Like it yeah. sounds like from what you're saying, that's sort of more of what the voice is. Yeah. And it's sort of whatever they do ends up being that anyway, even if they're trying to do something. I, I'm just totally guessing here. I'm, ge- I'm I'm sort of going off I, what you're saying. I mean, yeah. Like the gist I got is like they wanted to write something. They liked working with each other and wanted to write something mm-hmm. that sounded like fun. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it, they still it came it into heavy. the woods. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're yeah. still just like, that's just the kind of like writer that both of them are. Um, uh, so that's I'm like that sentence sounded yeah, weird yeah. coming out of my mouth, but like that's just that's just who they are, and you know you can't help being who you in the way that like Angela Lloyd Webber is always yeah, yeah. going to be the guy that wrote you know right 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 pop pastiche music when he was seventeen. Like this is just kind of like who both of these people are as writers as thinkers, you know. Um, that's cool. Yeah, and and even uh, like if, when we do finally do do Sunday, Sunday is still like there's still like plenty of great like playing to the back of the house like comedy and yeah. that sort of stuff. But yeah, like at the end of the day, it's always just going to have like that. Vernier of, of Sondheim, you know, and, and James okay. Levine. But yeah. Um, so you saw, how, how have you actually seen this on stage? How many times have you seen this on stage? I've seen so many uh, community slash college slash high school productions of this. I've seen um, multiple, like, uh, I guess, regional theater productions of it. I've been in a production of Into the Woods. Um, mm-hmm. And then I've, I've seen the, this this pro shot that we've that we're going to be watching about like 8,000 times. <laughs> like I've seen, yeah, yeah. So I've seen a lot of different productions of it. Um, I've never seen into the woods junior, which we mentioned in the notes. Um, <laughs> and, and I will say it's like, such a weird name for it. It's the like phantom of the opera junior. Yeah. You know, it's just for the kids. And once you do see into the woods, I think going back and being like, wait, I, you can kind of see like, yeah, this could have been a one act musical, but then it would not have been into the woods, you know? Mm. Um, so it, it's just very fun to me. Like, I think they're like, well, you know, kids like fairy tales. So it, it, the music is so complicated, too, that I'm just like mm-hmm. doing Into the Woods Jr. is kind of insane to me. Like, <laughs> like you got to be like cocaining those kids up to get them Cocaine. on the ball. Like, I don't I don't even understand how you managed to do that and not have it be a complete shit show. Although that would be really fun to watch as a parent. I was going like, to say, yeah, lie. just give them all a bunch of cake and like Twixies and Pixie yeah. Sticks, Twinkies it's, and Pixie Sticks. Did you do like intramural sports growing up? I did swim team and it was just like, okay, time mm-hmm. to get the big ass Pixie Stick at the snack bar. Yeah. Like <laughs> that That's the kind of energy you would have with Into the Woods Junior, I have to imagine, just to get through it. Like That's fun. Um, that's great for the parents to sit and watch. I'm sure they're like, this I, is fantastic. I Again, can't believe I left work for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. And I said this at the end of Joseph until my daughter, who has huge theater kid vibes, is in a production of this. Like, I, I cannot wait. Um, all right. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, since uh, we discussed you wanted to have you have a lot of thoughts on this, so we'll keep the first half of it short. Is there sure. anything else you wanted to leave us with before we go watch it and take a um, break? I just really hope you sincerely enjoy this one. Like I okay. I, I, I say that from the bottom of my heart. I really hope you like this one because this, I hope so, too. It seems it, like an important one. Yeah, it's not my favorite Sondheim show, but I think about like everything that it does do. And I'm like, it might be the best one that he's ever written. Yeah, I just I sincerely hope you enjoyed this. Okay. Um, me too. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I, oh, oh, I wanted right. to ask you. Sorry, just real quick. Oh, yeah, has, yeah. Has, has Sarah seen it? I 
think she's seen the movie. Okay. I don't know if she's, I'm sure she hasn't seen the, the stage version of this. I'm okay. pretty sure, but okay. I'll have to run it by her. But I'm almost 100% sure she watched, it's Meryl Streep, I think, right? Isn't yeah, movie? Meryl Streep's in the movie, yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and, and James Corden. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you ruined on, it. On that note, James Corden. <laughs> I was like, uh Maybe I'll never watch that one then in that case. But uh. it's it's Corden at his most subtle. I will say that. Ugh, it's still gross. Anyway, I'm <laughs> going to go watch it now. Uh, we'll go to this ad break and we'll come back and discuss. Fantastic. Woo. And we are back. We have returned from being in the woods. Yes, so to, to a highly incongruent tonally second act of this <laughs> podcast <laughs> okay it's going to be consistent with the show that we just watched where the first yeah. half is one way and the second half is much darker he's so much darker like uh. <laughs> so much darker uh that like okay well, i mentioned that there is an into the woods junior and it's just basically the first act of the show with some of like yeah. the more adult insinuations cut out from it um but it's just like, well, you might as well just not have done Into the Woods, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that seems to defeat the purpose of it. I, I will say, like, it, I think it's good that, like, there's a, a reason for uh, elementary children to be engaging with, like, really cool art at that age. So I'm like, it yeah, can exist. Yeah. But it also is just, it's yeah. just very funny to me. It's you know? a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was actually thinking about this in the summary. I was like, because we always summarize it. And I'm like, this one's pretty plot heavy. Yeah. Uh, so let's, you're, we're going to, or I'm going to stumble through this. I'm sure you could do this in your sleep, but right. We start with a, a baker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the There's a baker who, with yep. who's married and he's got like, no, he's, he's barren. Can't pump out the kids. Nope. Uh, doesn't have money yet for some reason wants to have children, uh, which was a very millennial thing. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's weird. You don't have money and you want to have kids, but you can't have it because there's a curse put on you by the previous generation. I didn't come on this podcast <laughs> to be attacked by you, like right down to the curse being laid upon me. Um, but thank you for that read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so it's a baker and his wife. They want to have kids. Turns out that his the baker's dad like plucked some magic beans from this witch. So she got mad and put a curse on him. And it kind of ruined his life, and that's why they can't have kids. But, bum, bum, bum. She, the witch says, yo, if you get, like, a fucking white cow and, like, some beet. No, not beans, sorry. A red cape, a white cow, and a gold shoe, right? And the hair is yellow as corn. Oh, the hair is yellow as corn. Right, right, right. Uh, and you make, just bring me that shit in, what did she say, like, three nights or something? Yeah, three, in three yeah. turns, yeah, three nights' time. Three nights time. And he's like, cool, let's do it. And then he wants to go off and get him. But the wife's like, I'm coming with you. And he's like, no, hashtag, uh, there's no women's rights yet. You have to stay at home and bake, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) This show is actually really deep commentary about them. Thank you for for laying the groundwork for that. (laughs) And then, oh, you can chime in. So then it it starts to, it threads in these, then... So that's like the made up story, but then it threads yeah. in Red Riding Hood and Jack Cinderella. And, and Cinderella. Yeah. Like basically they all Rapunzel. they all have various like reasons why they are either going into the woods or live in the woods. And mm-hmm. basically the baker and his wife, like all all of these things that they need come from the other characters in the show. So, you know, the gold slippers from Cinderella, the cow is white as milk is from is Jack's cow Milky White, who is his best friend in the whole world. Um right. the hair is yellow as corn is ostensibly uh, Rapunzel's hair and then 
the um, which is the one I'm missing. The cow is white. Riding the cape. Red, 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 the cape is red as blood. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Like I, you have to like sing through it to remember it. You know. Um, it's very catchy. Uh, but yeah. So basically, they all coalesce and kind of like these characters constantly are interacting with each other in the first act in the wood. Um, mm-hmm. And. Ba- basically through the first act, the baker and his wife get things and then they get taken away. And they lose and them and then someone them. else comes through yeah. and it's sort of interwoven in this very complicated uh, yeah. narrative. Not not complicated like in a bad way, but just it's very involved. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, basically like it, we'd be just sitting here kind of describing Cinderella and everyone knows how Cinderella goes. We'd be describing Jack and the Beanstalk. Yeah. And it kind of feels like a Benny Hill thing at some point where they're like, where they're just like running back and forth through the right. frame. And then one right. story comes and that's probably like an ancient reference to kids right. now. But like someone's running through the hallway in one door and then like the other yeah. person's going in the other door. And then like a, a waiter comes out carrying plates. <laughs> <you know? laughs> it's very much like that. Um, uh, and then eventually they do get all the shit. You bring it back to the witch. She's like, feed him to the cow. And then she feeds him to the cow. And then the cow gets milked. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, yes. whatever. And and then the witch drinks it. She becomes young and beautiful again. The uh, baker and his wife get a child. Cinderella marries the prince. Jack mm-hmm. and his mom are wealthy. And Little Red Riding Hood has a knife. Like, she's like, yeah, that's her. Fist <laughs> she got it. All right. Yeah. She'll fuck that's a bitch That's the fantasy out. I've always wanted of having a fucking honestly, cool knife. Yeah, exactly. Which I kind of relate to. I really, there's a lot of things I relate to in the show, but honestly, like wanting a cool <laughs> coat and a knife and to not like let, you know, people like intimidate you or like coerce, coerce you into doing things, you know, it's like, yes. oh, what a little badass she is. She's a total girl boss, that Red Riding Hood. Yeah. Hashtag um, girl boss. And so, <laughs> so like that, that's. That kind of culminates the first act. Yeah. Um, or it ends with the, does it end with the wedding? I forget. Or does it, the wedding start? Yeah, it ends with the wedding and also another uh, stalk, beanstalk has risen up into the sky. Right. And that's oh, where. Oh, the, oh, we forgot. We forgot. So Jack at one point goes up and kills the, the fucking giant. Yeah. That's how that all gets plotted into it because that becomes an important fact later. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end of the wedding, it's like the red wedding with a giant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kind of. Of uh, yeah, no, honestly, it turns yeah. out that this guy was, yeah, yeah. So it turns out that this giant was married and he had a wife and she's like, bro, you killed my fucking husband. I'm going to kill you or I'm going to kill the kid that killed my husband. Yeah. Revenge. Yeah. Um, and then the second act is all about this sort of discussion about, oh, do we get, cause so Jack's the guy who killed the giant, obviously. And mm-hmm. then it's this town getting together. All these characters get together and discuss like, should we give Jack to him, to her? Yeah. Is it morally right? He's just a kid. But then also it's kind of fucked up that Jack killed her husband and like yeah. it makes sense that she's mad. So then that's the second half is sort of the moral complications of the fairy tale uh, stuff that happened in the first. Did I get it right? I'm, yes. I'm no, that, that right. is okay. that is it. One hundred percent. It's just basically the consequences of all the actions that the characters took in the first act coming back to haunt them in a very haunt violent them. way. Yeah. yeah. And then weird shit happens. Cinderella's sisters like fucking. Uh, oh no! Wait, does it happen in the second act or the first act? The end of the first act. Their feet. The, yeah. That's the end of the first act. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. guess that's right. Yeah, that's where it felt very Sweeney Todd to me. Is yeah. It started to get very like violent and crazy. Yeah. Uh, there's a narrator who gets killed, which I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a narrator throughout the whole story, and then he's like talking to the audience, and then sort of in the beginning of the second act. They're trying to figure out who to sacrifice to the yeah. giant. And they're like, how about this guy? They don't know. So they just literally pull the narrator off the stage and he gets yeah. killed. Literal death of the author happens yeah. like, right <laughs> on stage. And it's very funny. Yeah. And then, I don't know, then the prince cheats on fucking. And then it's another like interwoven people yeah. running around trying to find each other. Benny Hill thing. Yeah. Uh, 
the the, the prince cheats on Cinderella with the baker's wife, and then mm. she dies, mm. and then she being fucking, the baker's wife, just to the baker's wife. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. yes, yeah. Uh, right after she has like then, this moment of clarity too, she's like this incredible right, right. like, and then she gets she gets iced by the uh, giant. <laughs> Which my favorite line, which I imagine is probably a very famous line from it, is he's like, I was raised, he's Prince Charming, he's like, I was uh, raised to be charming, not sincere. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Such a good line. Lots uh, of great lines in this, but uh, that's, that's a wonderful line, yeah. Uh, and then they come up with a plot to uh, fucking trap the giant lady in mm-hmm. some bog, I guess, is sort of what Yeah, it is. They, they get her, like, they, they spread pitch and get the birds to come to, like, distract the giant and then Jack slays the giant, but not after mm-hmm. this very fraught second act. Like at some point in this, the witch decides like, I hate you all. I'm just basically going to get dragged into hell because it's better than being with you all. And yeah. what a mood. Um, Again, so like, hashtag relatable. Right, right, exactly. Uh, she just wants nothing to do with them. It, 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 like basically during this like chaos of the second act, the Cinderella, the baker, Jack, the witch, um, and Little Red Riding Hood are the only, like, of the main characters that are still, like, players in this. Everyone has either disappeared or died at this point, and so it's kind of like a Lord of the Flies situation. And the witch is just like, this is all you people do. You, like, deflect blame. You don't want to take responsibility for anything. I'm just going to piss off. The witch leaves. They kill the giant, and then it just mm-hmm. kind of ends with, like... And this is interesting, because I just rewatched the uh, movie version, which I hadn't seen since 2014, and it reminded mm-hmm. me of why I really don't like the movie version. But, like, oh. um... I, I am not a fan. Like, there are things I like about it, but, like, right, right. on the whole, I just, like, I have a very, I think I mentioned this in Sweeney Todd, but I don't think, just because you like a musical, it needs to be made into a movie, that musicals sometimes are just not made to translate into film. And I know Disney, mm-hmm. like, really wants to get on every property they have their hands on and, you know, exploit it for whatever reason and, like, do that. But I'm like, I just don't think Into the Woods was meant for at least live action film. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, there's just something about it that, like, James Lapine's book for the show and so much he yeah. wrote the screenplay for the movie too um is very like vaudevillian like it's a lot of like big broad humor yeah. yeah and like and, and in general it's also just like a lot like traditional British pantomime where you play out to the mm-hmm. audience and you're allowed to kind of have these episodic moments um mm-hmm. and you you accept it and believe it and it's great but like the movie it just kind of like sucks all of like what's funny about the the book it just it's very airless and tight and like you can't like there's so many lines that are so funny in in the show and then the movie it's just kind of like they mm, they have totally, to be played yeah. like they have to be played like okay like um it needs to be more cheeky and i think it was yeah yeah uh, like we'll, we'll get into the film well, yeah, but yeah, as yeah, far yeah, sorry, as like sorry. The, uh, the the ending ending though so then it culminates with well, is our last stretch we'll get through it yeah uh, <laughs> so then it ends with this this big number of um yeah. We're Children will al- listen. I was gonna say yeah. you are not alone. That's the yeah. Michael Jackson song. Uh, no one is alone. <laughs> yeah. I'll be there for you. And then yeah. Michael Jackson shows up. It really was a very '80s musical. Oh uh, man. Yeah, and they all sort of have this big number where they're like, "Yeah, children will listen. Be careful yeah. the stories you tell them. Yeah. Uh, no one's alone." And then it sort of ends. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. That's uh, into the woods. And that's and that's it. And that's into the woods. And as you mentioned, um, obviously, I watched the musical for the first time, mm-hmm. the 1989, 1990 recording that was the PBS one. Yeah. Uh, and then we also, I'm not sure if we mentioned this in the first half, but we ended up both watching the 2014 uh, Rob Marshall adaptation as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that is on the docket for discussion. Yes. <laughs> Spoiler. I spoiled it already. I just like... Uh- <laughs> 
God we'll start with the ending. Yeah. Yeah. So so here here's my first question. So I'm, I'm going to answer your question with a question, right? Okay. Because oh, great. so <laughs> the short the short version of it is is that I was uh, it, it was a very heady thing for me to watch. Mm-hmm. In that like I was watching it and I was like, "Oh, this is intellectually interesting. This is mm-hmm. an interesting idea. The plotting of it's interesting. I like mm-hmm. that." But I never really like emotionally connected to it at any mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. But I could I could sort of see why it was interesting. Mm-hmm. And particularly, I could see, especially in that last, um, I don't know, 10 minutes, those mm-hmm. last couple numbers, mm-hmm. which I will say this, both in the stage version and in the film version, those parts did really bring me in emotionally, mm-hmm. um, despite being sort of rem- feeling removed from the rest of it. But sure. ultimately, I was like, I was like, it's cool. I get it. It sort of teaches me something about you specifically. Mm-hmm. Um but I didn't necessarily engage with it, I think, in the same way. And I think part of that is because of just who I am and my life sure. experiences. Yeah. And so the 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 first thing that how do I so I have, I have a lot of thoughts about it. But mm-hmm. uh, the main thing I kept thinking about was like, what was your relationship to fairy tales growing up? Oh, that, that's that, the thing actually, I kept thinking of. I wanted to ask you that question, too. Like, I loved fairy tales as a kid. Yeah. So like that, that was there for me. And um I always like I remember in in first grade for Valentine's Day, my mom would always get us like, you know, like maybe like five dollar like little gifts Mm -hmm. to put out on the table. And she had gotten me this illustrated book of uh, fairy tales that was done by Greg Hildebrand, who's a very famous fantasy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I love those guys. Oh, my God. Yeah. So great. Cool. Wonderful. Oh, man. That that rules. Yeah. 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 uh, I think it was just Greg Hildebrand that worked on it, but it was oh, just okay. an illustrated like Greg Hildebrand fairy tale book. And uh, at that point, I had only really known like the Disney versions of fairy tales, so mm. like I didn't know that Cinderella had you know eyes getting pecked out and like toes being cut off and like <laughs> that that sort of thing. And I remember going through it, just like reading it voraciously. That was like my favorite toilet book where I took my big dumps yeah. for like the longest time reading that book. Um, <laughs> That the I, I was just kind of like amazed that it was like oh fairy tales are kind of like really fucked up you know yeah and so like that's all I've I still like love like folklore studies of fairy tales because they mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. do what it's very interesting you go through that period of of childhood where you're like this is what I'm supposed to learn and then when you're older and a little bit more intellectually curious and you can yeah. look back at the history of it you're like these are saying very specific things relevant uh-huh, to uh-huh. the time that they were made out you know like yeah. and they're not just simple easy stories um, yeah so like that. I don't know. Maybe it was just that 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 would have been a great hook to have gotten me interested in Into the Woods. But again, like yeah. I had mentioned, it didn't really have much appeal to me because we live in a post Shrek society where now like these crossover AUs sure. of fairy tales are just like, you know, a dime a dozen. Everybody does that. Revisionist idea. fairy yeah. tales. <laughs> yeah. Or like, yeah, fairy tales with the twist or like something like that. Like like those those are a dime a dozen. Um, and usually they're not very well done, you know, like or sure. they're just meant to be funny as opposed to like actually like interrogating what, what it means yeah, to yeah, be yeah. a fairy tale um, and how but we it have was this... something that but that kind of occupied your childhood yes, and it was yes. a thing that you were interested in yeah yes yeah because because yeah. what happened to me was as I was watching it I was like I sort of went down this like rabbit hole for myself where I was mm-hmm. like you know I don't care about fairy tales and then I kept thinking about it and I was like wait did I ever care about fairy tales mm-hmm. and I was like I was like you know what I don't think I even cared about fairy tales as a kid and then I was like why didn't I care about fairy tales as a kid? <laughs> it's sort of, it's like set me down this path where I was like, that's kind of strange. And I'm like, cause I, I remember, you know, whatever reading them in school. And sure. I think, I think Disney movies are like 
their own thing. They don't. Yeah. They almost don't count as being. Yeah. Obviously, they are fairy tales, but right. they, they categorize more in my brain as like Disney movies. You know, they're just sure. their films, their musicals, and cartoons. Yeah. They sort of don't really, and obviously, they're all sort of super changed from the fucked up, weird uh, yeah. origins of those stories. Yeah. And then I kept thinking of it. I was like, what? What were those stories that I would hear as a kid or sort mm-hmm. of relate to or think about and mm-hmm. what kind of occupied my imagination? And I really, I couldn't think of an answer. <laughs> like, I, I didn't really have anything. And then eventually, I think I had a moment where I was like, oh, you know what? I thought about a lot as a kid. And I yeah. was like, oh, this is kind of weird. And I don't know how fucking left field this is, but I thought a lot about in terms of the stories that I was told, right? Mm-hmm. Especially like in the oral tradition of like, these are the stories that your parents tell you. Sure. It, it was kind of weird to think about this, but my upbringing was really colored by stories of um, my parents and my grandparents mm-hmm. and, and my aunts and uncles and everybody and uh, their lives in Iran. Sure. And in this country that I would never go to really. Sure. I went one time when I was like seven because mm-hmm. I was like allowed to, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not like this country that I can sort of like, after college, be like, oh, I'm going to go backpacking through Iran and like get in touch with my roots. There's right, always this right. risk of me getting fucking arrested and right, you're a spy yeah. and then maybe murdered or put in jail forever or like yeah. to serve the military. Yeah. So that was the sort of weird fantasy place that I used to have to think of. And and that wasn't and I never thought about this, by the way. I, I did not realize wow. this until I watched Into the Woods. <laughs> wow. I mean, um, you know, the, the, which is kind of weird, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's super I, strange. I don't think that's weird because, like, I you know, as much as like when you when you do like folklore studies, you see that most fairy tales have like some iteration or of in in, a, in in one culture to another. Like that, there's a lot of crossover. I think Jack and the Beanstalk actually is the only one that is like endemic to like England and doesn't really have mm-hmm. a lot of outside like analogies. Influence but like, or anything, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, I had, I had been wondering that because so much of Into the Woods does kind of play on like your your interest or reliance on fairy tales, and yeah. like that's something that not everybody has, especially like specifically the very big popular like the greatest hits of like what I'll say loosely yeah. Western fairy tales. Your your criticism of Into the Woods is a very common one from people who, if mm-hmm. they don't, if they either dislike it or they just don't love it the same way people feel, they they do feel like. I'm kind of emotionally disconnected from the characters. Yeah, so I will say yeah. that that is a very common common criticism of the show, that you're not like out okay. of left field there or just like the world's biggest asshole. <laughs> um, I did yeah, feel like, bad because I was like, it was so important to you. And I was just like, I can't just go back to Angie and just be like, I thought it was boring. I was like, <laughs> no, I need to give her a real reason. Why. No, yeah. no, no. Like, I, I, you know, obviously it was like pulling your leg that we won't be friends. But now this actually I'm ending <laughs> it right here. Um, no, but that, that is like a very, very like common criticism. And as I was sitting there going like, I wonder what he'll think of it. Like, that is like what. I was like, that'll probably be it because mm-hmm. they are just kind of being, especially in the first act, just kind of as like those broad, you know, ideas that we have with the characters. Like the, the, the lyrics might take them into like intellectually new places, but like mm-hmm. they still are Cinderella. Like they still, it still is Jack and the Beanstalk. And if those stories don't have any like huge relevance to you, then it's kind of yeah. like you kind of have to really, really get what the baker and the baker's wife are about, I think, to really follow the show mm-hmm. because they are like, they are the stand in there, the proxy for the audience. And for me, yeah. like, um, I, it's funny because like, as much as I do love fairy tales, what I think drew me to Into the Woods as like an 18 year old um, is this this idea of like repeating 
your parents' mistake. So the fact that you know you, that yeah. your that your parents didn't you know that you what your ostensibly like what your fairy tales were were hearing mm-hmm. stories about your you know family in in Iran in this um, other country yeah like yeah this place like, that I'll never go that might as well have yeah. never, it's not even like if I were to fly there today and go see it it's just half the things that they had grown up with don't even exist anymore so right. it ostensibly might have been a, might as well have been a fairy tale right right and like the <clears> fact <throat> that like like that's that's what your parents decided to to tell you that is like what. That is the legacy that you've inherited from yeah. your parents, you know, and I uh-huh. think that's it's still really real interesting and relevant to the message of the show of like what have your oh, parents no, for told sure. you that have said <laughs> on this? Careful what stories you fucking tell you. Set you up. Well, even even just like less fairy tales, but I really do relate to the idea of like I I spent I was thinking about this the other night because my daughter is three and she she now remembers things and can recall things and like mm-hmm. I remember being three and those are like my earliest memories. So it's like mm-hmm. that I'm out at that place where I'm like terrified of everything I do. Now, because yeah. like she's going you don't to, want to traumatize and fuck exactly. Her up and, yeah. and I was sitting there thinking about that and thinking about how like when I was a kid, I loved hearing stories about my mom and my dad's like before mm-hmm. like they had been like had us like the, those were the most heroic yeah. stories in my head. And yeah. I was going through some of the ones that like my mom, my mom and dad had told me variously over the years and going like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> like <laughs> Some of this is really fucked up. Like, why are you telling me this? Like, this is not something I needed to know in any Uh way, shape or form. And when you're a kid and you tell them these stories, even if they're not actively being like, this was a good decision to have made. You're just like, man, my my parents know everything, you know? Like, so like that they're here and that they are telling me this, like must mean like they're not tacitly endorsing it, but like, isn't this like funny? And like, accept it as the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. And like, just over this last weekend, I was just going like, Oh my God. Like, (laughs) <laughs> oh my god so like i so so that was very funny to me and so when that that got, that kind of message all coalesces in the second act of into the woods when the baker gets scared and doesn't want to help anyone defend themselves Anybody from the else, giant yeah. and he runs into the woods and he meets the ghost of his father who we didn't mention this but like the oh, narrator right, right, right. also plays this character called like the mysterious <laughs> old man who in the first act constantly shows up to the baker and other yeah. characters to like kind of like push them in the right direction. But, right. you know, he speaks in riddles and is kind of annoying. And like mm. everyone is just like, <laughs> oh, fuck this guy, you know, fuck this mysterious old man. And uh, then when, you know, you find out that it's the baker's father who he thought was yeah. dead, but is not dead or it, it is a ghost or uh, no, he's not dead. Yeah. Something, uh, yeah. <laughs> something. And then he dies at the end of the first act. The second act, you know, they're all in the woods again in this very like Jungian place that is mm. not meant to make, you know, literal sense. You know, the baker runs off from from everybody else and he encounters the ghost and the ghost of his dad is like, yeah, let's run away. Running away is what I did. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you he's know, like, it'll work for me. Yeah, it worked for me. And the only thing about running away is like when you do that, you create more questions and more problems for yourself. Yeah. That There is no yeah. way to run away, truly. Like you're always going to be having problems. Like you're always going to have some sort of misery. And right. the best thing that you can do is he doesn't say it in the song, but what the baker takes from it is like that he has to go back. And, you know, confront the giant and confront yeah. all of the fucked the up problems. things he's done, yeah. you know? Yeah. And Take responsibility. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, when you're 18 and like thinking about like my dad specifically who had passed away like five years earlier, it was just right, like right. my dad made a lot of mistakes as a parent, like huge mm-hmm. mistakes um, that like, I, you know, I obviously still really love him and he's a huge part of like who I am. But like, yeah. The thing that has haunted me the most now having a kid and even even the mm-hmm. couple of years before I had my daughter, like just getting mm-hmm. older, I was just like, oh, my God, I am becoming my dad. You know, <laughs> like yeah. that idea that like, <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm making all the same mistakes my dad yeah. did, like without even yeah. realizing it, you know, like I am doing the same yeah. dumb shit that my dad did. And it's 
like hunting and yeah. why am I doing these dumb things, you know, like because I'm miserable or I feel like they're, I haven't self-actualized or, you know, I'm not, a, you know, I just want to There's a to lot run. going on, that, right. Just so it makes you think to an extent about your parent of like, well, who, what the fuck was going on with them? Right, right. Exactly. <clears throat> that I didn't even know about because I was a kid and I couldn't process it. Yeah. I- exactly. And you've only, you know, gotten these distilled kernels of pseudo truth from your parents. And yeah. like, I love that. And again, this is when we get to the to discussion of the movie that like, it is the narrator who is the old man because the first act is, like I said, like you know it might get like intellectually asked some questions in the lyrics but for the most part it's mm-hmm. pretty straightforward like the fairy tales mm-hmm. as you know them they just happen to interweave with each other and so yeah. you have like this older the, the literal father who did everything wrong telling things as you've heard them you know yeah and as you expect them to go and mm-hmm. so when it ends with the very at the very ending of the show it starts with the baker telling his child the tale of what happened and right, you're right, meant right. to be okay, like yeah. It is the same thing that we do with like, that's how all information that we pass, you know, big cultural information just comes from what our families tell us. And like that it's the baker again, like this new leaf and like that there are so many possibilities to recognize like what your parents did right and what your parents did wrong. And that like you have that power. And it is a very like the song No One Is Alone is a very popular song. Like and the people like I think it's a great song. Uh, A lot of people really like it for like that. Like, oh, no one's alone. There's always someone there. But the other coin of that is that I think kind of people don't talk about so much in the song is that you have the tremendous potential to hurt people, you know, like, right. That, that was what I, <laughs> that's kind of what I took away from it. Is yeah. Like, oh yeah. It's well, just like children are impressionable. Don't fucking tell them the wrong story. Cause you yeah. could totally fuck up their whole lives or give yeah. them the wrong impression. Yeah. That was, that, that, that was my interpretation. Oh, interpretation. Good. Cause like a lot of people are just like, Oh man, that is like, it's so powerful that you're not alone. And like, this came out, you know, at the height of the AIDS crisis, and a lot of people had written yeah, to Sondheim. Yeah, I'd read too. Yeah, yeah, like they had asked him if it was a direct like metaphor for that, and he was like, "Well, it's not an invalid metaphor. I don't think your interpretation of it's wrong, but you know, in terms of where we were coming from when we wrote this, a giant is a giant is a giant, you know, like right." Um, but uh, just uh, it's unavoidable that that would have been looming in the subconscious. At oh, that absolutely. Point anyway. Yeah. Like he's like, I don't blame people for having that takeaway. Yeah. But that was like 100 percent not the takeaway that like or what we were asking the it audience wasn't literally doing. But yeah, yeah, it's hard yeah. To imagine that wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. But like at the same time, like you hear that song and even if it's not like a, you know, a, a, a HIV or something like that, like the fact that mm-hmm. like there's always this nebulous our actions are nebulous. You know, we don't, most of us, when we are acting in the moment, don't, don't do it like with this, like I have this perfect brain and it's all figured out, you know, like, and it's mine initially too. Right. Yeah. Also, cause like the way the story works, I, I did watch the special features, which are on Disney plus of, um, of, of the movie. And they did oh. include an interview with Sondheim. And he said, mm-hmm. the first half is about people being selfish. Mm-hmm. And the second half is about people having to think about community. He was like, that mm-hmm. was the fundamental thing I thought about. Yeah. And ultimately, like, that's how uh, uh, what sort of thing of that. That's how they were sort of redeemed is by being able to think about others rather than just thinking of themselves and the goals yeah. that they wanted. But thinking about, like, how does this affect everybody around me? Yeah. And how, do, how, how is everybody? I shouldn't say, like, if there's a win for everybody, that sounds very corporate. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're, you're part of a you're part of a, you're part of a, of a world. Right. It, yeah, it's not right. just you. It's not just you getting one thing, which also, by the way, watching the film. Mm-hmm. And seeing cast, maybe maybe I'll wait until we get into this, but just the yeah. way that it's cast in the film feels very, very different than the, you sort of see how fucked up it is in the movie much more than you do in the show. Yeah. Just by yeah. virtue of the fact that like the kids aren't played by adults pretending to be kids, but you're seeing literal kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that that really like affects that song to me in the movie where I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Don't fucking like 
attack yeah. kids and steal shit from them and swindle them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> right, well, when, 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 like, they, like, trade off the beans to Jack, you know, like, yeah. knowing that they are like conning a up. child. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, like, oh, my gosh. I mean, one of my favorite, favorite moments in the entire show is the song that the baker's wife sings after that scene where it's mm-hmm. like um it's it's called maybe they're really magic who knows and like the line goes why you do what you do that's the point all the rest of it is chatter if the thing you do yeah. is pure in intent and it's just a little bent does it even really matter no what matters is that everyone tells tiny lies not see i really love the show you got what's it a, what's have you seen it before really is, ah, i've watched it a couple of times here and there um but just about like how easy it is to like for example like the, the baker and his wife's plot or uh, i guess like um through line their, their plight you know of yeah, wanting a child okay. feels like a very you know unselfish thing to want you know like mm-hmm. that it's like oh that is sad that like this witch has cursed them with like fertility problems right. like that but like you know at the end of the day that even even intentions that seem or not intentions but like goals that seem but yeah and so every step of the way everything they're doing is like very you're like these people should not be parents. Number no, one, yeah, that's the thing. It's like immediately off the bat, they're like, "Oh yeah, we want to be parents, but let's go swindle this kid and steal these things and steal this and then yeah. fuck this person over." And then they're just doing everything yeah. they can. But it's like, at no point do they stop and think, "Like, are we fit to be parents in the first place?" Yeah, we just yeah, like these terrible people. I just like I really, you know, I think that they they have a, that very modern like I want a kid, you know, start a family, even though. Our marriage, like that. There's that whole song in the first act where, like, in the woods, in this place of like this young, you know, like this psychological place, we can meet each other again and see each other in the ways that, like, we don't see each other at home. And the wife talks about, like, I, I was scared we were going to stay the same forever, you know. And you're like, these people are chasing a kid to fix their marriage. They might fix the marriage, yeah, yeah, which always works, by the way, a hundred percent of the time. And it's. (laughs) A lot of happy children came out of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if you know anything about Sondheim's childhood, but he had a very fucked up childhood. And I uh, did read about because yeah. that's what I was going. I started reading into this too, and I was like, "Who hurt you?" And I was like, "Oh, oh your, mother. <laughs> your mother hurt you really bad here." Yeah. Um, uh, like just the, that that they start on the foundation of wanting a child, but for not particularly selfless reasons. You know, it just seems like right. the thing to do. Control and, almost yeah. too, as well to an extent. Yeah, to control or to like build to to find something new in themselves through a baby. And like that that to me like is such a good like to me emotional and especially now having had a kid and realizing like how a kid yeah. absolutely changes your life. Changes like, your life, yeah. Um like I don't I don't think they're they're bad people necessarily. They are just imperfect people. Um children who Children, <laughs> uh, you know, you know, if, if you like they're children, imperfect. that's fine. They just, they're just, they're, you know, I think they could. They're do not a little, terrible people. They but could do just, some like self reflection. <laughs> they could, yeah. Um, but just like I, I think like the show works for they're me because I feel like that's a very, like even even a lot of people come from homes like that, and it's not that their families don't love them or don't have some sort mm-hmm. of like, but like that you have this foundation of yeah. of. Uh, that is just cracked, you know, like, yeah. Um, and, and that's a very like relatable problem in that moment where even as an adult as, or as a parent, as you see like the flaws in yourself, like I've yeah. done so much therapy in the last three years because having a mm-hmm. kid 
um, you know, my husband and I. Brings a lot I, of that stuff to the surface, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. My, like my husband and I are not the baker and his wife, but, you know, every every relationship is is its own world, you know. Like there's, mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. its own just histories and, and, and politics and it's never easy. You know, it's never a fairy tale. Well, that sounded so deep. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> and just like. It never like, ends either. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an evolving process. Of- yeah. Like constant you, re- reevaluation. Right. And like, I thought I understood the cliche, like of like children aren't going to fix your marriage. And then I had a kid and it's like, it, it brings to light literally all the best and all of the worst of you. And it's mm-hmm. within you to court, not deal course correct, but like, yeah, to, <laughs> to deal with it in a way that is yeah. emotionally healthy. Um, because yeah, like my, I love my parents, but they didn't have like a perfect marriage by yeah. a long shot. And there's a lot of stuff that it, like, you're like, oh, fuck, I've internalized that again. So like, yep, I, yep. I, I really you, love. I forget your parents did divorce. Or they did yeah, my divorce. parents did divorce. Yeah. Divorce. Yay. Um, two for two. We're yay. the statistic. We are 100% like. 100% divorce rate on musicals. Is, <laughs> <laughs> Woo! This really is like the show for like children of divorce in like the 80s. I swear to God. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like maybe that's why so many of my friends like love it. We're all just children of divorce. And like we are now adults realizing like. Oh fuck, you know, like <laughs> my Oh parents. fuck, that's basically it. Yeah. Oh fuck. Uh so like I I love the Baker's wife because Sondheim also just writes these insanely great female characters that do not usually mm-hmm. get written, especially like I don't know, like that like he writes characters that are allowed to be not necessarily people that you'd like, but people that like People are allowed to be imperfect, right? People are allowed than... to be super imperfect, especially in the context of a fairy tale where everyone is just kind of, you know, one or two things right. and that's about right. it. Yeah, so I, I love The Baker's Wife. She's, like, one of my dream roles because I feel like there's just so much, even before I got married and had kids, like, that that feeling of, like, my life is meant to be bigger. Like, that's, like, you yeah, see that, like, yeah, that, yeah. like the baker has his problems with his parents and his unhappy childhood, and The Baker's Wife clearly wants something big, you know? And, like... She was very Lady Gaga in House of Gucci. Yeah. <laughs> She was like, that's what I was thinking. I was like, uh, she's like, we're bound for bigger things. She's yeah. like, you need to be more ambitious. She's like, no, no, the spell is on yeah. my house. Only I Our can live the spell. <laughs> yeah. We the are spell Gucci. On, we are Gucci. We <laughs> are Bakers. This is the house of Gucci. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of star-studded, you know, like the star-studded Baker's wife being uh, Lady Gaga in 2014 movie would have been an interesting choice. <laughs> Who, but um, the, the actress that played her in the stage version I liked a lot, too. Joanna Gleason. Uh, she's the one that won the yes. Tony Award. Yeah. So. Yeah. I liked her much more than Emily Blunt, which is not Me. to say I dislike Emily Blunt necessarily, yeah. but I just thought that was strange casting to have her in it. Yeah, yeah, like she's like she's also just like a little too like frit, like her she's too yeah. made up and like it's like, okay, we get it. You have Emily Blunt and she's very hot and you don't think audiences are going to enjoy looking at her if she looks remotely dirty, you know? Like, it's just like, there's but a lot of just styles. tonally, I just, she didn't feel like, she didn't have that no. like, yeah. snark, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah. That like very I, much made, like, fit for that role in, in the, the stage version. Yeah, she did that in, like, the movie version also, like, it cuts the song where she does the, like, why you do what you do, that's the point, yeah. all the rest of it. Like, they cut that song. They make her very sympathetic to Little Red Riding Hood in the beginning. Like, she's like, no, that's totally fine. Let her steal. Like, like t- I guess to imply that, like, she has a maternal instinct or something like that. Right. Th- like, that's exactly what it is. They're trying to make her much more like a typical yeah. fairy tale kind of protagonist. Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah, like, the, the baker's wife in the show is just, she's very modern and very, like, she doesn't have a lot of scruples. And she's not a horrible person. She's just 
a person, you know, like yeah, whereas, yeah. like in the, in the in the movie, it's just kind of like, oh, she's just pretty and wants a child, and you know, she is married to James Corden, so that is tough. But you know, I mean, I can understand <laughs> being miserable too. Yeah, exactly. Which also, I, I was going to text you. <laughs> it's like the movie starts with James Corden not being able to have children. I was like, you should have just ended the film there, and that would have been a happy ending. <laughs> Yeah, this is like subdued James Corden too. James Corden. Oh man, this is this is like before he'd really start popping off. Like this this came like right at why the time. Why is he famous? I do not understand. You know, he had to is start. That, isn't that what everyone's criticism is? Or like, why is he famous? I honestly, and he started off in in West End theater in a very popular um, written uh, a play called The History Boys, which is about like a teacher who teaches at a private boys' school. You know, mm. that sort of thing. And he, he was very popular in, in that, you know, and I don't know, like, where he just got very lucky. He knew somebody. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. He, like, knew somebody, had murdered somebody. He knows where yeah. the bodies are. And, got and like, the movie is just constantly also, like, because the movie makes the baker the narrator of this, which I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. It's like, I weird, don't yeah. I don't like that. Like, it also, like, like so you constantly have to hear James Corden's voice. And he is, like, Ugh, he's too FX. He's too FX when he talks. Like, <laughs> He's just like, and then the baker did this, and then blah, 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 and then blah, 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 and then she was sad. And you're like, oh, yeah. like, he, okay. it sounds like he's reading for, like, a very He's shoddy, not audiobook narrating anytime soon. No, exactly. Like, that's what it <laughs> sounds like. And, like. No ad reads for James Corden. <laughs> right. You know, the stage musical, you get, like, the narrator doing it, and you can have all this physical comedy with just seeing him there, and, you know, also him being cast as the old man, like, kind of gives him this author- this magical authority that is yeah, very yeah, funny yeah. when it's challenged in the show. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But this, it's just James Corden talking. And it also, the movie ends, because, like, the, the ending of the stage show is kind of set in, like, this, it's not set anywhere literal. It's kind of, like, mm-hmm. almost like an internal moment that the baker has, you know, as yeah. he's alone with his child. Instead, it's, like, him literally sitting down while they're all still in the woods after surviving this horrifying fight, just telling the, the exact mm-hmm. same thing. Like, and you're like, it's just a James Corden world, and we are living in it, and I don't like it. Um <laughs> So uh, yeah, hate it. Uh, I guess we should talk about the songs. We've oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Done that? Yet. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, sorry. So, uh, but theme- no, no, don't apologize. So obviously, thematically, a lot of, lot of, lot to discuss. As I was saying, which you said is the criticism of it, which is like it's a lot of big ideas. It's very interesting. I didn't really relate to it. I think a big part of that for me also was the the style of music, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which which I've discussed before, where it, it's not quite you know, the listing stuff, yeah. but it is the sort of like everybody talking over each other, which Sh- stresses I, me out. And I feel yeah. like I'm like one person at a time, please. <laughs> <laughs> I can only do one thing at one time. That was the, the other thing I was wondering. I was like, well, if coffee's not going to like, it, it's going to be like, I know he's not going to like how much of like the singing over other people happens in this. Um, and, and I think I talked about this when we did Phantom too, where it, yes. it's that style of, of songwriting where it sounds like they're just talking. Oh, sure. It, and it's just like, I'm writing a song and I'm in a musical and I don't sure. really have a melody for it. But if I just talk through, this is the way it works. Sure, and sure. I, the music, I don't know if I ever said this before, but the music always feels super removed from whatever the melody of the singing is. Mm. So I think that's partially why I get so distracted by it, because I feel like what is sure. the music playing in the background? And then the singing is another uh, thing. And it just it's like a dissonant thing for me that yeah. sort of I, I go like this, like, get away. Yeah. No. Oh, man. you. <laughs> That I believe the musical term for that is recitative, um, and it is like recitative. Yeah, recitative, and that's basically like it's a big thing in opera too, because opera, you know, is fully sung Mm -hmm. for the most part and has like these long chunks of people just kind of singing along to the music that's going (laughs) underneath. Um, So like, (laughs) 
maybe you shouldn't be doing a podcast about musicals because like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, was specifically just... brought in because I didn't like them. <laughs> A reminder. Um, uh, but there is a lot of that in. And, and you know what? You're allowed to like not like certain things. and But there just yeah. is a lot of that thing in Into the Woods. Um, uh, which, oh, God. Yeah, like uh, there's just so much in Into the Woods. Because there also is like a massive, like so much of this is James Lapine as much as it is Stephen Sondheim. Mm-hmm. Like, and I love, like, again, I just really love the book. It is just good old fashioned, like. So, but this is Lapine's idea ultimately, or is this it's Sondheim's idea? It, Sondheim wanted to do fairy tales, and Lapine wanted to do like something just crazy and funny, where a bunch of characters from different worlds kind of but had to who, meet each who other. Who would you say is like the sort of motivating factor thematically of it? Like, if you had to guess, Ooh. well, there's a very interesting uh, anecdote that Sondheim tells about how a lot of the show had originally been more like as much as like the show is plot heavy a lot of it is mm-hmm. characters telling you the plot and then like extracting yeah. the unexpected angle from that uh originally mm-hmm. it was much more like we are singing the plot as it's happening to us and yeah. um that was definitely like where Sondheim's head was and they were just like this isn't working this feels really clunky or I don't know and actually it was actually James Lapine's wife who was like you know why don't you just talk about what's important about this instead if it's like pissing you off so much. So there's a lot, a lot of it is actually his James Lapine's wife that kind of, in my opinion, like really shaped what, how the show tells its, its story, you know? Like, um, so yeah, yeah. Like that is an interesting question. Um, a lot of that was James Lapine's wife and he's like, yeah, I have to give her a huge credit for that. I don't think I would have unlocked the show the way I wanted, the way we wanted to tell it if it hadn't been for her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, we, again, we take that for granted. Like, that seems like the obvious thing to do. Like, to me, I'm like, of course you would, you'd want to explore, like, the relevant theme as opposed to just telling a fairy tale that everyone has heard a million times, you know? Um, well, uh, it also kind of goes along, the reason why I ask it, too, is, like, what I did read about Sondheim and his childhood and his mother being terrible and being, mm-hmm. like, the biggest mistake I ever made was to mm-hmm. have you, I think, was what she said. Yeah. So part of, but when I was thinking, after I read that, I was, or I, this is after I had watched it, mm-hmm. but I remember reading that and being like, oh, okay, that's what's being worked through here in terms yeah. of this. But the, but obviously, like you said, he's he's got a collaborator. So I was like, well, is that what Sondheim's bringing to it? Is, is that sure. angle or is it Lapine or is it the wife? Or He has said like that a lot of like, he, he while it wasn't intentional, he did see like, you know, the, the, the baker's wife not necessarily wanting to be a mother is a lot like my mother and you know the 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 baker just kind of like disappearing Mm -hmm. on everyone is just that was my father he has said that so like yeah yeah like i I don't i don't think it was intentional but i think it's like you write what you know you know um or not necessarily like you write what you know in this case but like we're always pulling from little truths of our own lives when we we make stuff so yeah yeah but like you know it's, it's very funny that the witch is like this but she still is also you know fucked up her daughter ostensibly yeah but still still sympathetic but also like especially now that i've had a daughter and like you know that don't you know what's out there in the world like that it was very uh what was it it was very terms of endearment to me when i was watching sure yeah 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 yeah. very shirley mclean yes (laughs) i pinch the baby so that it's reliant on me like right (laughs) that movie's great it's an old one it's fantastic yeah i haven't seen it great movie oh i haven't seen that movie in a while now but it's a really good movie yeah yeah um and a lot of that, you know, I, I've been reading again, too, that Sondheim has always just been like, I didn't like a lot of mu- musical theater or movie musicals, rather. When I mm-hmm. think about movies, I just like straight up film like mm-hmm. um, and I think that sensibility and like the characters he builds is is, is there. Like he creates yeah, characters I, I, that I, I think are made for that, film. Yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. what I was going to say, because I remember that was one of the things I really liked about 
uh, Sweeney Todd too, is that it felt like it really does have like a proper arc. Sure. It's like very plotted and the mm-hmm. characters are developed in a way that is much more filmic rather than relying on sort of the music part. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess, guess musically. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, I love when it's less of a musical. A I musical. love when it's not so much a musical. Yeah. It's just more I, of a movie. I guess my last question for you is like knowing that like Phantom beat this out, like pretty much mm-hmm. in all of like the, I guess the, the awards that measure success rather than artistic yeah. merit. Like, is this one for best score and best book? So yeah. it basically, basically the Tony's, basically said, well, we really like the music and we really like the book. We really like the story mm-hmm. that you have here. But other than that, yeah. like, it's not the best show um, of the year. It's very it's very Oscars. Oscars, what ends up happening is, is that the film that's the most creative will get like best screenplay. Yeah. Yes, but then yeah. the movie that's like the big crowd pleaser or, or like not even the crowd pleaser with the Oscars. It'll be like whatever's yeah. the most, at least in former years, it's changing a little bit now. But what feels the, the most, most like prestigious yeah, like deserving of it is yes. what wins the Oscar but then the one that everybody knows was sort of the best one it get, always gets best screenplay is yeah what it comes down to yeah yeah oh man that's yeah that's exactly it and like it was definitely like that sort of situation so I guess is that if is there like a one to ten scale you could put Phantom on in terms of zero like I wish I could die I wish I could like completely erase theater out of like Earth's existence um, and then a 10 being like, oh, okay, yeah, this fucking rules. Like, where would you put Still Phantom? a Phantom or yeah. of this? A Phantom and Into the Woods. I'm just very curious. Oh, like, Phantom's always a zero. It's like a negative 10. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, if I had been around in the 80s, or I mean, I was technically around in the 80s, but if I had been cognizant of what this was in the 80s, I'm sure I would have been more angry. Mm. Um, uh, I don't uh, That's a tough question. I don't, mm. Again, because we're working with a medium that I don't fundamentally really like that much. Sure, so it's hard yeah. for me to scale it. But uh, I do appreciate what it goes for, and I mm-hmm. think it's. I think the themes are great. I think mm-hmm. the the idea of it's ambitious. I think I like the idea of it sort of being a, for lack of a better word, like an anti fairy tale fairy tale, but sure. not like Shrek. More like in the sense that actually, this is the one note I forgot to mention that I thought was relevant. It sort of reminds me of like like Full Metal Jacket or something, where it's an <laughs> anti war war movie. Sure, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying. So th- yeah. it's felt more like in that vein rather than like a revisionist thing. So right, which is why it's so um, funny when you see Into the Woods Junior because it like right. it's, it's it's an anti fairy tale fairy tale, you know, and right. you've just cut out all the anti fairy tale part of it. But you're yeah. but you're totally right though. Like I can see how Shrek has sort of I, I don't want to say poisoned because that's really extreme, but like sure. it's totally like. You can't even say that term without it just being like Shrek. <laughs> right, right, right. Like it's Shrek kind of hijacked like, it and ruined it. It's like, oh, this film yeah. used to be one thing and now it's like used as like a criticism in a bad way. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I don't know, whatever. It's it's fine. I'm okay with it. It exists. I mm. really had trouble sitting down through it. I really couldn't wow. sit through it. I really wow. was like pacing a lot in the apartment and wow. like, cleaning stuff. Yeah. It was very hard for me to focus on it. Uh, mm. But again, it wasn't because it was bad. I think it was just because I really just have no connection even to fairy tales just in general sure you know what this it didn't make me go like why do i like into the woods and a lot of it is as much as there are songs that i do really love and that are like mm-hmm. oh i hear that and i go oh, um it is not my favorite sondheim score it is probably on the lower end of that in terms of like mm-hmm. music he's actually written music so. music yeah 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 um all right yeah that, and so like i thought a lot about that literally within this conversation i'm like why do i like it it's because of these emotional pools that i have to stories hooks and just the stories themselves um yeah. but that this was a very interesting conversation like yeah I enjoyed as much as i wanted you to absolutely like love it i'm like actually it's very interesting when you we haven't really had a show where like i really love something and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> and like but no like i wasn't expecting you to 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 love it but like it is like when you hear when you talk to people who don't like things that you like and in good faith yeah. 
you yeah. do have some interesting thoughts. And, yeah, guys, uh, talk to people is... that you disagree with if they yeah. can uh, talk to you in a normal person. Yeah, if they can talk to you in like a normal way back. Yeah, if they're not going to be an insane person, um, then then good. No, this we is are the model really for 2024. Yes, we're like exactly. we're reaching across the aisle, <laughs> building bridges. Where bridges, bridges were never built before between the theater <laughs> kids and normal people. The other guy. I wouldn't call myself normal. Hey, you take that back. <laughs> sure. The, the not theater kid. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, you guys, thank you for listening. This, As Angie said, I, I, I feel that way as well. It was a very interesting conversation. So looking forward to the next one. If you guys uh, like our show, please uh, subscribe and leave us good comments. Leave us good ratings. If you want to know what the happenings are, we are at Musical Splainin with no G on Twitter. Musical spinning with a G on Instagram. Uh, I am at Kavitaharian on Twitter and at Permafriends on Instagram, where I have cool, fun Avocado Chronicles comics. And I am uh, Angelina Me, and I am Y Angelina Y on Twitter. Why? Um, uh, and I am also Y. I am Angelina C on Instagram, and you can follow me there for all of my bullshit. Um, thanks again for listening. I really uh, hope if you don't like Into the Woods, this made you think about something. And if you do, that you're just sitting here wanting to form a pitch fork mob and make Kava believe. But um, <laughs> <laughs> thank yeah, you. Yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Yep. Uh, any teas that you wanted to give? Or maybe Ooh, we don't tease because nah. we'll just give it away. You get excited. Yeah, I get too excited. I'm just like a yeah. dog with this shit. <laughs> All right, guys, we will see you at the streaming service. I hate saying that, but Uh, that's what it is. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.